before we get into HWN number 17, I have a quote for you. I think I've had a very strange life. J.K. Rowling. Welcome to Happy Right Now, the podcast for female 9-to-5ers working to elevate their mindset and write the book of their heart. I am your host, Rebecca Kelsey Sampson, a fantasy and personal development indie author and marketer. When I joined the writing community, I could see the limiting beliefs holding my fellow authors back, and it became my mission to fight them. Join me for weekly mindset development and claim the transformation waiting inside you. Hello everyone, welcome to Happy Right Now. Today we are going into part two of the two-part live stream series I did on my Instagram to promote the launch of the Character Mindset Planner. Part one dealt with belief, first memories, growth, purpose, and a little bit about Spider-Man. But today, the entire episode, this entire one-hour episode is dedicated to Harry Potter. And boy, am I excited. This was one of my most favorite live streams that I've ever done, so I'm really glad I was able to save that recording so that we could share it here and forever geek out about this amazing fantasy series. As I'm listening to the replay, there are a few small details that I got wrong in the discussion, but at its core, the themes of the conversation still apply, so if you are even more of a diehard Harry Potter fan than I am and you catch those little slip-ups, do forgive me. It's been a few years since I've dived back into the source material. If you'd like to learn more about the character mindset planner that inspired this conversation, click the link in the show notes. The CMP is a tool to help you go in-depth into your characters so that you know their deepest motivations and fears and history. Having that clarity and understanding has big impacts on your plot. Plus, purchasing the Character Mindset Planner also gives you access to my intimate Facebook group for writers, the World Creators Club. You can find more information about that on my website. Now, without further ado, let's geek out about Harry Potter lore. Live. I'm really excited today. If you guys are watching this after the live is over, if you're watching it from the replay, make sure to comment back replay. Hi, Ashley. Um, and today I'm really excited because I'm, I'm combining... Um, some topics together in a way that you may not have thought of before, but first I need some documents. Hang on one second. Okay, sorry, had to get my folder. Um, so today we are talking about Harry Potter, author mindset, and character mindset, mixing it all together, and incorporating how these things can be explored in my new worksheets, uh, the Character Mindset Planner. So it's all going to kind of cohesively go together in a really fun and engaging way, especially because a lot of it is going to be us chatting about Harry Potter. And that is like my favorite topic. No problem, Ashley. Hey, London Book Institute. Um, today, this live is technically kind of a sequel to yesterday's live, but you don't need to have watched that one, hey Katie, um, to understand what we're going to be talking about today. I'll weave in some of the stuff we talked about yesterday into today, and then uh, later on this weekend, I'm going to be splicing together parts of yesterday's live and this one into a podcast episode. So if you missed anything, don't worry, I'll be sharing all of the details together in one package. So, yesterday, to sum, up, to sum it up a little bit, we talked about three things related to always keen for Harry Potter. Yes. Hey, Bruna, you made it just in time. Um, the three things that we kind of summed up yesterday um, were related to um, uh, belief, 
growth and purpose slash goals and how all of those things weave together and you need to go like in steps to combine it. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that as we're going into this. It'll be woven into the conversation a little bit. I love, <laughs> I'm Bruno, this is so funny. I, Ashley, I love how every time we talk to you, we have to use all caps because we associate you with all caps. And I think that that's really cool that that's like part of your identity with our Instagram chats. So that's pretty fun. Um, so I was actually practicing some of what I was going to talk about today as I was driving in the car because I have a long commute and I left work a little bit late and I knew that I would only have an hour spared when I got home. And the funny thing is, I'm very glad that I talked to myself in the car, imagining that I was talking to you guys, um, because one, it may help me practice some of the ideas that I was going to share today. Um, but then also I had to give my son a bath and make him dinner, put him in bed, get him to eat dinner and read him a book and all that stuff, like crash course into an hour. And I didn't have a spare second. So I scarfed some food and we are going to talk about Harry Potter and I'm so glad. So just to give a little bit of color to this conversation, um, I'm going to... Do you need something, sweetie? I got a baby. It's the piece. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. Um, and... Oh, that's really funny, Ashley. Uh, wait, hang on. I'm not great right now, but I'm still great. That's awesome. Yay. Oh, and in the hospital, I'm so sorry. Uh, let's catch up later over DMs and see how you're doing. Uh, yes, Jack is doing good. He's just very much a, like a toddler now and has a lot of opinions and doesn't want to sleep. So he's basically cutting out his naps. He's like, I'm going to play all day. So he's barely made it in bed and he's probably complaining in there. He kind of like plays quietly by himself and then falls asleep on the floor holding toys. The three parts of Harry Potter that we're going to be talking about are obviously Harry Potter as a person. Oh. I'm sorry, Ashley, you might have appendicitis. That must be so painful. So keep us posted on how you're doing. Um, so Harry Potter, obviously, as a person, and then um, Neville Longbottom and Voldemort and how they all relate together, have a lot of similarities, and also um, uh, the things, their goals and aspirations and the paths that they could have chosen um, all kind of collab together, which is very interesting that as I was talking through it, I was finding more things related to that. So let me write down a note for a second. So the three things related to those three people that we're going to be talking about are habits, which one habit we already discussed is that I talked to myself in the car. That's an interesting habit. Um, habits, um, choice, and perspective and how they all relate together. Yeah, Bruna, that's exactly what I'm gonna be getting at, that your main characters and villains are often very similar. They have similar goals, but they're just approaching it differently. So we're gonna jump into that. He was born, he's a half-blood. He was born to um, a pure-blood, pure-blood woman, and a muggle father. And the father, it's actually, as I was thinking about it, I was like, wow, it's a very like non-consensual relationship because the mother of Voldemort kind of put a love spell on his father. And basically they got together 
under an influence that he wasn't aware of, so it's kind of a non-consensual relationship, but it ended up with her ending up being pregnant with Tom Riddle, a.k.a. Voldemort. Hey, everybody. Um, And so as he was born and figuring out the origin of his family and who his father was, because for a long time he didn't know who his father was, and uncovering those pieces of himself he ended up actually hating what he found because since he hated his mother so much and he wasn't like he loved and hated his mother as um the relationship you know developed over time of course he still loved his mother but their relationship was very complicated he didn't like a lot of her choices and he saw her as someone that bended to the will of others rather than asserting herself for who she is and being a strong um, character in his eyes he looked down on her and a lot for of her decisions so he idolized this version of his father that he had never met because he didn't know his father was a muggle then when he finally found that out he realized that he hated both sides of himself and he had a lot of internal hatred and prejudice and he's like no I could never have been born of some lowly muggle and it just that was a very complicated relationship to have as a child and then also you know having magic so his earlier perspectives and the things that shifted him that kind of relates to what we talked about yesterday um I'd call it my Tony Robbins writing hack whose love did you crave the most and I cover that in happy right now so many highs going on in the comments I love that um we all know each other and I think that's really fun um but uh so there's a lot of complicated relationships there and I explain it in happy right now episode 10 I think it is the Tony Robbins writing hack so it was a very complicated relationship and basically you as a child is a lot and if any of you guys agree with this or find this really interesting living for this <laughs> thanks girls we're gonna get pretty into it there's a lot that's gonna happen and I hope I can cover it all in an hour um but all the stuff that went into that and the way that your subconscious mind develops if you ever are interested in neuroscience and stuff like that this is kind of like a tangent but basically you develop your subconscious mind by the age seven and it has to do with the different frequencies of your brain (laughs) so you uncover so much about your life your habits and your beliefs before the age of seven so that those earlier years really shape your habits your perspectives on the world and so much of everything is tangled into these early learning experiences with your family um so Voldemort grew up hating himself and trying to rise above his family hey Peggy Um, and in school, you know, he was this top shit. He was so smart. He could have done anything he wanted pretty much, but he had this perception of, you know, pure blood is best from the second he started school. And a lot of it is a reflection of how he hates himself. So obviously that shows a bit of the, the mindset under there of what you can do with, Um, your perceptions of the world and how they can change everything around you and drive plot forward. Obviously, Voldemort's actions are a huge plot driver in the Harry Potter series and Harry Potter and Neville Longbottom's life. So now we're going to step into, so that's kind of like the background of Voldemort before he like turned totally evil. He just had a messed up family situation. And then after that point, his percep his perspectives changed Harry and Neville Longbottom's fate. And 
the the choices that he made pushed everything in one direction when it could have gone in completely a different direction. And part of that is one of the pages, well, a lot of this is related to the character mindset planner, uh, which Kels, Cassie, I think Cassie's still here, author Kay Dunn, Cassie was one of the first people to buy the character mindset planner. So congratulations, and Peggy has it. And who else is in here? A few of you have it already, which is really exciting. But one of the sections, a few of the sections in here relate to what we've, the background we've established first. So one of them was the first memories page going into that. So Voldemort's early relationships with his mother, and I believe his grandfather was actually abusive. Um, and another, to add into the Harry Potter lore, their family crest ring was one of the, you know, that weird, the ring horcrux that belonged to his grandfather. So it was one of the first things he experimented with, with their deaths. Um, so the first memories, a lot of Voldemort's life was shaped by those early memories of an abusive grandfather, a kind of someone he considered to be a weakling mom, and then finding out that his dad, the idealized version of his dad, did not exist. So how much is the planner? It is $35 um, by itself. And then if you use the code IGFRIENDS, you get 10% off. So moving to the next section. Um, hang on, where is that other thing? This goes into the charts, Inner Discovery. Um, and these two work together to uncover how your habits are formed and those early habits, um, they're formed usually accepting or, um, rejecting what you see. So Voldemort rejected a lot about his early mother relationship and her being a weakling and not really using her magic from his perception. And that kind of made him act in the opposite reactions. So the inner discovery sections go into that, but I didn't mean to talk about that one. What I want to talk about that relates to Harry Potter, yeah, $34.99, and his expressions, um, how both Harry and Neville could have had the same fate, uh, that is part of, kind of relates to the fork in the road page because Voldemort, when he is ascending into power and he gets this prophecy, yes, I know it's so fun. I really love going into this, um, the psychology behind everything and how mindset shifts everything, which is why I made these sheets and why we're talking so deeply into Harry Potter. But so Voldemort gets a prophecy and I might have some of these facts a little bit off because I haven't read Harry Potter in a few years. So feel free to correct me, any of you guys, if there's something that I'm missing here. But the prophecy that Voldemort receives from Trewelly, I forget how to say her name, Sybil, uh, it says that somebody born during a certain time of the year, like under a certain star system, basically. Um, oh, thank you, Ashley. Uh, yeah, let me know if you guys have any questions. Um, but he has these, um, he gets a prophecy that somebody born under this star system, who is a child, a boy of, um, two rebel fighters that are against him, two enemies, is the person that will take him down. So there are two possibilities, and J.K. Rowling goes into this as well. There are two possibilities of who he could have chosen. And those two people were Harry Potter and Neville Longbottom. They were both born to people in um, Dumbledore's army. 
not Dumbledore's army. I forget the more, not the, I'm not talking about the Marauders. I forget what their secrets, this sounds really bad, but I forget what their rebellion against Voldemort was called. But the people in this rebellious group, um, they, both Neville's parents and Harry Potter's parents are part of this group. And Neville's parents are purebloods. So Neville is a pureblood. Uh, yes, from Order of the Phoenix. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Kells. And then Harry was a half-blood like Voldemort. So even though Voldemort, um, he valued the pureblood life and he wanted to kind of, his goal was kind of to make purebloods the star of society, kick out muggle-borns, kill them, they aren't worthy of life, basically. Um, he saw Harry, who was very much like him, and has the um, the same kind of upbringing and possibilities of him, someone that was born, even though it's even a little bit different because he was born, Harry was, Harry's father was a pureblood and his mother was a muggle-born like Hermione. So she was someone that just um, sprouted out um, having magic when no one else in her family had magic. So Harry even had slightly more magic than Voldemort technically in his blood, if you could consider it that way. But Harry was classified as a half-blood, just like Voldemort. When, meanwhile, Neville had the same exact qualifications. He knew that Neville was a possibility for this prophecy, but he always discounted him, even though Neville was technically who Voldemort aspired to have the whole society be. So it's really interesting that when thinking about the opposing characters chart where it would be like Harry versus Voldemort and their goals, he saw more, um, even though he hated that part of himself, he saw more potential in Harry because he was like Harry. And it's just like, ugh. I just think that's a very interesting relationship. So Voldemort made the choice um, simultaneously. Oh, you're so fun, Kelsey's. I'm, I'm so glad that you guys are all here and enjoying this, and we're all Harry Potter fans nerding out together. So <laughs> this was really fun talking to myself in the car about, too. I was re-reminding myself of so much plot um, and how it all goes back to this mindset Yes, definitely Peggy. She says, I have to admire how JK gets so deep, interwined, and expansive with her world and characters. I am eating for that level. Yes, that is exactly what I want to come across here, is understanding these levels and layers to your characters makes them so real. It makes you really root for them and cry for them, and you put yourself in their shoes. And speaking of that, like, there are so many... Um, young adult books and children's books where the parents die and it's always kind of like why do the parents die and it's one of those situations where one they can't really go on a whirlwind adventure if their parents are alive they wouldn't approve <laughs> second um that's a huge character journey it's their folk in the fork in the road where after their parents die they have to decide how they're going to overcome that and how they're going to interact um with the plot in that way so Voldemort decided he made that choice and choice is what sets your book forward choice is you know how people react to the inciting incident all of the different sections in their book characters that are dynamic and push your book forward make it a fun read um not fun necessarily but make it an engaging read or people that their actions impact the plot and those choices so Voldemort made the choice to choose Harry over Neville what if he had chosen Neville 
they both could have fulfilled the prophecy. And in the end, in the final um, book, Neville does help take down Voldemort. But what would have happened if Voldemort had chosen Neville Longbottom? And would Neville had had the same support as Harry had when he met Ron and Hermione? Ron and Hermione were instrumental for keeping Harry alive, like outside of, you know, Voldemort's influence. Um, but Neville didn't have that support. Neville didn't have as many friends, even though he was technically what Voldemort would have thought is more I ideal for the wizarding society. And Neville and Harry's upbringings were incredibly different. And that's why understanding your character's upbringings can help push your, your book forward. Hi, Brandon. Um, because e even though not all of it comes up and we know very little about Neville's upbringing, um, what we do know is really impactful to how much of an isolated character he is in the beginning of the series and how long it takes yeah, it makes for a deep character mindset. Exactly. How long it takes for Neville to step up to the plate. So Harry had to grow up very quickly because he was raised by the Dursleys. The Dursleys hated magic. And we know if you follow Pottermore, and this is how crazy all of these things are ingrained, even though it doesn't show up in your text, understanding these backgrounds is monumental to your story. The Dursleys hate magic because... Um, uh, Aunt Petunia, she was jealous of Lily for going to to Hogwarts, and she wanted Lily and her were initially kind of like best friends. They were inseparable, and Lily um, and Petunia really admired Lily for her magic. And she actually, this is so sad, she had sent a letter to Dumbledore, and uh, you read about this in Pottermore from J.K. Rowling. She had sent a letter to Dumbledore saying, can I go to school with my sister? And of course he had to tell her no because Lil uh, Lily was a muggle-born. She was born with magic spontaneously and Lily didn't have that gift because they weren't a pure-blood family. So that's what started that prejudice of, oh, my sister thinks she's so special. She thinks she's so great. She's going to this magic school. She left me behind. Um, uh, this is part of your no new book, right? I wish Harry Potter was part of my book, but the character mindset planner, I'm using all of these backgrounds um, for the worksheet that I'm interweaving kind of into this. Um, all of that comes together in how I'm working on my young adult fantasy Ember Dragon Daughter. So yeah, all of this comes together. And yeah, Bruna, as much as we hate the, Dur the Dursleys, they are crucial for Harry's construction. Exactly, because Harry has to learn how to take care of himself and also, it's a miracle that he didn't hate himself. I mean, he lived in a cupboard. He lived in a closet. Um, oh, yeah, I meant the character one. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, so it's a miracle that Harry didn't even hate himself. And I'm already going a lot deeper talking to you guys than when I was practicing this in my head. Um, but so Harry grew up hating himself. What if that didn't happen? What if the Dursleys and Harry had a really good relationship? This is how choice and impact and the way that your characters react with each other can change your book so entirely. What if the Dursleys were actually nice? What if him and Harry had a good relationship and
and he didn't want to leave them. What if he decided with the Dursleys not to go to Hogwarts? It was always his choice to go to Hogwarts. He, if he had told the Dursleys, I want to stay, he wouldn't have gone. Obviously, the Dursleys didn't even want him to go. But if Harry had actually liked the Dursleys, had a good relationship with Dudley, he may not have wanted to leave to go to a private school in like Scotland or England. I don't remember where Harry Potter is. That sounds crazy, but I don't remember. So that could have changed the whole plot and then Neville would have been the star. Neville would have been the only other choice. Neville would have been the chosen one. Um, and would Voldemort have taken over earlier? Would Voldemort have won if Harry never went to school? Because even though Voldemort believed that Harry Potter, are you keeping this for the 24 hour you played? Yes. Yes, Cassie, I am. And I am going to record it and put it on a podcast. Um, so what, uh, what was I saying? That's why comments like distract me because they're like really important and I want to answer all your questions, but I also get distracted. Uh, what was I saying? So yeah, Harry would have been safe if he didn't go to the Dursleys because he, they were under the spell, you know, Dumbledore tried to protect them as long as Harry was living with the Dursleys you know, up until his 18th year, Voldemort wouldn't have been able to find him. And Voldemort would have latched on, latched on to Neville thinking, oh, it must have been Neville. So just those little changes could have pushed everything so much forward. And also Neville Longbottom, his upbringing, like they were only, his grandmother is like only slightly nicer than the Malfoys. Um, if you look into the history of Neville, this is how Neville got his powers. They were worried that Neville was going to be a squib, a baby born of a pureblood family that did not have magic. They were worried about that for a long time because it took Neville a long time for his magics to um, show up in the family. So this is how they, they, the family and his grandmother raised him. She was a tough broad. That, that family was really trying to push and they had control over Neville because Neville's parents were in an insane asylum because Bellatrix tortured them until they lost their mind, which is just so sad. So another like extra layer to how secluded Neville was and how minimal influences he had. But his grandmother threw him out a window to try to encourage his magic. And they figured if he died, oh well, he was a squib. But they threw him out a window and thankfully, his magic came about by him bouncing. He literally, like, his body became buoyant like a ball, and he bounced out on the street so that he would not die. So that is how they uncovered that Neville did have magic. So that's, like, let's just let that sink in. Like, that's really scary. <laughs> it makes me want to cry. Poor Neville. But anyway, so... Neville Longbottom had a lot to overcome. I know, I just want to hug Neville. And it's crazy because the Sorting Hat put him in Gryffindor because they saw the potential of Neville. They, the Sorting Hat somehow saw the destiny that Neville could have, and they put him in Gryffindor and labeled him as brave. In the beginning of the books, in the beginning of the series, did he look brave to you? I mean, he had to have been at least a little bit to overcome all of what he did in those initial early years, but he wasn't what people can, would consider an outwardly brave person until around Order of the Phoenix, and he started to think for himself and really utilize his potential. But what if they had put him in Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw? Would he have been able to kill the snake? 
So there's so much that's interwoven in these choices and perspectives and the ways that people are raised that change the way that they make decisions and change the way that they approach the plot in your novel and understanding all of these like layers like kind of like in Shrek how they're like hey I'm an ogre I have layers (laughs) I'm like no I'm like an onion that's what it is I'm an onion I have layers so understanding all of these small pieces and you don't have to get it right away because I know that that's a lot of background history and that's just three characters and I barely scratched the surface of them but understanding those tiny ways that everything interconnects from their uh, family relationships and the way that these charts are built out is it starts with the superficial layer, just their physical characteristics. What do they look like? Then it goes into their personality traits, like little things like I actually put on the bottom here. Um, what Hogwarts house would they be? And my main character is a Hufflepuff. So little things like that that can help you understand just on a base layer, what are they kind of like? And then each page that you go into, there's 19 pages. It goes deeper and deeper and deeper into this discovery and this background to help you build these rich characters. Um, Perfect examples of no other choice. Yeah, Uh, because... The, the way that you react to something, it's something that you learn. It's an experience that you have to go through so many other experiences until you get to this one version of yourself that could only have happened if you didn't have all of these other pieces beforehand. And relating it back to us as authors and the life situations that we're in and seeing kind of the own plots of our lives develop. I was thinking about this on my car ride also and um and some of you guys might know some of this history from previous live streams or if you listen to Happy Right Now episode 8 it kind of gives like my origin story kind of um but in 2016 when I got pregnant with my son Jack I was unemployed. (laughs) So, well, I actually got pregnant in December 2015, and then we had Jack September 2016. So I was unemployed for almost, for all of 2015, and then most of 2016, I was pregnant with my son, Jack. And because I got, that was kind of like my author inciting incident. Oh shit, I'm pregnant. What do I do now? I have to change all these circumstances. I have to do this and this and this and this. I need to protect the baby. And that is because of, and I want you guys to encourage you to fill out, um, it doesn't seem choppy to me, Peggy. Let me know if anyone else is having trouble with the connection. Um, but fears, hidden lessons, this chart here, you can, if you fill this out for yourself, it's kind of, it's really crazy. All of these charts, filling them out for your characters, but also kind of filling them out for yourself kind of gives you this extra insight. But when I was thinking about this time in my life, I was like, okay, well, the pregnancy is my inciting incident. I have to, um, work through this chapter here and there, but I'm in bad service area. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Well, if there's anything that you can't hear, I will be downloading this and sharing the audio later. So don't worry, you won't miss anything. Uh, you can catch up on that after. So that was my inciting incident. And I had to make a choice to 
change my life in a more dramatic way than I ever had before to kind of push through that experience. And then from there, um, go and, you know, go through the next parts of my plot, which (laughs) the plot thickened like crazy. So after my son was born, the job that I got when I was pregnant, which by the way, my goal was to get a job without telling them that I was pregnant because I figured that nobody would want to hire me if they knew I would have to go on maternity leave within a few months of joining. So I kept my pregnancy a secret for five months. As I looked for a job, I finally got a job at five months and I was wearing Spanx and hiding my pregnancy. It was horrifying. So I finally got a job. I let them get to know me, waited three weeks, two to three weeks, and then I told them I was pregnant so that they had to already rely on me <laughs> before I let uh, let them know of this situation because it was something I was so scared of and something that I needed to protect. Um, so I had to do anything I could to get these jobs. So I got the job. After Jack was born, I was like, okay, I can't stay at this job. Uh, it was a good opportunity. I learned a lot from it, but it was definitely not the job that I needed for my family. So I started looking for another job um, right after I came back from maternity leave. And within three weeks, I found another job. So I got the job in March when I was around four-ish months pregnant, told them around five months pregnant that, hey, I'm going to have a baby. Went on maternity leave in September. When I came back around early December, because I didn't have a full three months off because I couldn't afford to take the recommended amount of time off. So in December, I got a new job and I left right after Christmas. So that was a pretty big thing. And I got a new job. It was so much better, a lot more benefits, better suited for my family and what I needed. And I was like, okay, I am safe now. This would be like if you guys are wishing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Bruna. I will catch you later. Um, If you guys are listening or reading save the cat writes a novel that would be i think what they call like the false sense of hope what is it that they call that um hang on catalyst let me find the right word for you so it would be probably around the midpoint if you're going into the Save the Cat Writes a Novel, the Blake Snyder beat sheet, it would probably be the midpoint of my story was when I got the new job. But I thought this was my end. I was like, okay, this is good. I'm all safe now. But then after that, bad guys close in. My husband gets cancer. So it was like, oh my God. And then it was all is lost, the dark night of the soul, the world is going to shit. What the hell is happening? It was not good. So we went through that horrible part before we were able to move past the sickness and then be like, okay, everything is okay. And then I found my actual ending where his health is all right. Our son is all right. My job is still going, doing good. We survived, but I had to go through kind of like Neville and Harry or comparing myself to Harry Potter of course, because I am a Hufflepuff. But going through all those different sets and experiences, it had to help me transform as a person and understanding like retroactively how all of the pieces fit together in exactly the way that they needed to. Because at my old job, 
if I had been absent as often as I needed to be to help my husband, shit would have been bad. And I think they might have fired me. But in my current job, thankfully, they have a culture that takes care of people that are dealing with family problems like this and sickness. And they actually have it built into their benefits policy how to help these people. So I was able to take off the time that I needed that I wouldn't have had in the other job. So everything kind of collided together in the exact right way that me as a person, I could not have realized or could not have planned. But if you're looking back at your life in the rear view, you can see those little bits of clues and how all of those um, situations grew your mind and your ability to choose and the things that you are willing to compromise on and learn from like all of the the way that my mind grew to get me to this point where I feel safe to start a business and to share my opinions and to write a book and create worlds everything that had to come before that is something that helps grow your own characters too um so seeing their backwards history and then working from there forwards through the plot of your novel, figuring out what transformations need to happen for them, both internally and externally. What do they need to learn? And what events physically in the plot and in your world have to happen to help them get to that transformation? Because everybody wants to root for a character. So my brain is tired now. <laughs> My brain is really tired. Let me catch up on some of these comments. Um, okay. Yeah, definitely I recommend Save the Cat Writes a Novel. It's really good. Um, Peggy says Save the Cat is golden. It's one of the reasons I've done so much more work on my story, and it's now fantasy historical. Ooh, there's fantasy in it too, Peggy? <gasps> that's, that's really exciting. You'll have to let me know how that's working out. Um, and expanded the story so much. Yeah, it, it breaks out plot really well so that you understand what you know how they call it beats it breaks out the beats that your story needs to hit um no matter what kind of story it is these are these little transformation points and then using the character mindset planner to give kind of that um background on all of the internal workings on why your characters make these decisions is really big i was thinking about habits and Harry Potter and the things that he does that don't really make a lot of sense initially but Harry Potter is pretty reckless and you know obviously we figure out later that the reason Voldemort hasn't been able to kill him has been one you know true love um but also the fact that they're um oh I'm sorry Peggy um the fact that they're wands have twin wand cores so they're both hairs of a phoenix but from the same phoenix so that's really interesting but the way that those two things worked so that they couldn't kill each other with their same wands I thought that was very interesting but Harry had so many close calls throughout his life that he just kept living he kept surviving from and it kind of made him reckless he was always jumping in without a plan because he was always in his previous history he was always okay without a plan he always survived without a plan so he didn't have that same kind of um feelings like Hermione would where she was like okay let's go through this step and this step and this step and let's put it all together into one package um he didn't have those same mindsets because his previous experience told 
told him that he would be okay if he didn't have a plan. Meanwhile, Hermione's previous experiences, you know, she is a witch born of dentists. You know, she had to kind of figure out all this stuff by herself with um, not as much guidance as other people that have, you know, magical families would have. So she was just naturally more of a planner and had to figure things out and plan for her life and all of those things on her own. The way that she was raised was so different from all of the other characters and the way that Ron was raised was so different. He was, you know, the youngest son of, I think, seven children. Um, he was only the big brother to one, his youngest sister, the one only girl. That's a very different dynamic than all the other characters. <sighs> so, does anyone have any questions or comments about... Harry Potter, I have just, like, I feel like my brain has exploded re-reminding myself of all this Harry Potter knowledge and working through it with you guys. That was a lot of fun. Um, you guys type up any questions that you might have. Let me add in a few announcements as we go through this. Um, one in the comments, in the pinned comment, the coupon ID friends, and that will give you 10% off of the Character Mindset Planner. So if listening to any of this and trying to figure out the history of your characters sounds really interesting to you to kind of collaborate all of this together and then also definitely would recommend the book Save the Cat Rides novel, I think these two things are good pairings if you ask me. So putting all of that together, you can use the code IGFRIENDS to get 10% off. So let me know if you guys have any questions about that and if any of you are watching the replay, feel free to comment replay um, or ask me for the coupon and I can send you a text with it so you know exactly how it's spelled. It's IG friends, all capital letters, and that will give you 10% off the character mindset planner. But if you found this interesting and kind of diving into the characters, I want to let you know that I'm doing a live plan with me which I am so excited. So I'm going to be taking an empty version of this. This I already have filled out. Um, and it is going to, I'd love a brief, brief and vague walkthrough of what comes in the CMP. Totally, I can do that right now, Kels. Um, do you prefer Kels or Kelsey? Let me know. Um, so putting all of this together, I'm going to be doing a plan with me live for people that have purchased either the Happy Story Bible or the Character Mindset Planner, we're going to be working together in a secret Facebook group. I made a Facebook group, but it is a secret, and I am sending it out. It's a closed group. I'm sending it only to people that have purchased. Later on, I'll open it up to other people, but for now, for probably January and February, it'll be exclusive to people with these worksheets, and I'm going to do a live plan with me on Sunday. So it'll be a Facebook Live, and I'll go through every single page and fill it out for my character's love interest. And I'm so excited. So it's kind of like a double whammy. So you'll get to plan with me, answer any questions that you have as we're working together on our worksheets, but also get to know my novel and my main character's love interest. So let me catch up here. Thank you, Katie. I'm so glad you found this interesting. Um, Brandon, you did a great job. In addition to your last live when you talked about not having a father may cause a character to interact differently with someone else. Yeah, and even better with the HB characters. Yeah, the way that your family relationships, your parents are honestly one of the big drivers of everything that you do. And like I mentioned last night, um, my first memories being of 
being left at daycare and being hysterical all alone. And then also, you know, with my father moving out, having that be one of my first memories and that responsibility that I took on to myself in a way that isn't normal for a five-year-old. Um, all those things. And, you know, obviously I still, I see my father all the time. So it wasn't like he left my life, but he left living with us. And I lived with my mom and I took on a lot more responsibility than a five-year-old should. So going into those things and understanding that part of my history, realizing it now that those two memories and all the things related to it in that early part of my life impacts how I act right now, how I act today, the way that I address concerns and problems within my family, a lot of it is rooted into that. So it's all very interesting. So uh, Katie, uh, Kelsey, yes, Kelsey. Um, and my middle name is Kelsey, Rebecca K. Sampson. I am Rebecca Kelsey Sampson, so we have that in common. Um, so I will show you guys the Character Mindset Planner. I also have on my website a list of all the names of each of the worksheets, so you can check that out also. So Character Mindset Planner, this is the introduction page. What says right here, and this was a last minute edition, but I am so in love with it. It says, we all start with a blank slate, and that is very true. Then the first two pages are kind of an introduction. So it starts off saying, you know, why I created this. It's kind of like my letter to you. So you can read that when you get it. And this part is just a quick, doesn't look quick because it's a few paragraphs. I don't know how I over explain usually, but um, it just says, you know, how to use the sheets, how I recommend using them. And I made this purple inspired by the early versions of it, the Happy Story Bible, because if you have that, it's like all purple, like everywhere it's purple. And this is a lot more of a minimalistic design. So then the first two charts I showed you briefly. So it's the characteristics charts. And what I like doing here is finding an inspiration picture from Pinterest and printing it on sticker paper. So I print it on sticker paper and put it right here. So that's the introductory kind of characteristics. What's their height? What's their build? What's their pronoun? You know, things like that. And I tried to make it a little bit more inclusive. Like technically you could use this for aliens. You could use this for um, anyone LGBT Q plus um, and any sort of fantasy creature or character because I don't put like gender here I actually put pronoun and sexuality so it could be you know alien they asexual like you could put whatever you want here it works for fantasy worlds as well um, then I have here personality quirks so this is what I mentioned where it kind of like is that initial tinglings where you're kind of starting to think about it like what makes them tick some of the questions on here I'll give you some examples are what they love about themselves and what they want to change those are two really big great ways to start um, then there's like brief summary of your family relationship brief summary of their ideology so this is just a brief personality summary chart now the rest of these are kind of out of order because I kept like grabbing things. So they don't show up in this order, but this one actually helped me figure out the plot for the sequel to my book. So this is Fear's Hidden Lessons. So it's kind of like a chart where everything kind of builds onto each other. Um, all of these charts are basically just asking a question. You fill it in in that space and it leads you to what you need to discover in the next part of the question slash space. So 
it just gives you a space to identify three fears that your character has, how they got that fear, like what taught them to be scared of that, and then at the end, how will it come up in your story? So those are really important things that pretty much what your character is scared of is almost always the thing that they have to overcome. This one, and I have another book recommendation. Where is it? Is it over here? Crap! <laughs> um, where is it? Is it over here? Oh, here it is. I found it. Sorry for that shuffling. So this chart, Emotional Touch Points, this is kind of giving you an idea of what you can use in your story depending on the situations. So I have written down here, um, you know, memories. What is their darkest moment? What is their brightest moment? How do they express being sad? How do they express anger? And what I'm going to use to fill out this chart is The Emotion Thesaurus. This is a really great author resource. So it's a rioter's guide to character expression. Basically, you look up an emotion and it tells you different synonyms, antonyms, but also um, physical reactions and emotional reactions to this emotion. And especially what I think is interesting is they send here, like, I accidentally went to the page anguish. So it puts here cues of suppressed anguish, so signs that they have anger that they're keeping inside. Also, what would happen if you've been angry for too long? So this is a valuable tool. This is really great place to start. I do recommend this book as well. Pretty much these two books are the only craft books I've used. I purchased other ones, but these are the ones that I keep going back to. They're the most helpful. I'm losing my voice. I have here, this one I haven't finished filling out yet for myself, for my main character, but it is addressing how your character starts and ends their day from the beginning of the book to the end of the book. Because if your character is going through this physical, emotional transformation, then their life is gonna change most likely. So seeing how they start their day and end their day, like what habits they maintain, is interesting from the end to the beginning to the end. It helps you identify what in their life is going to change. So I thought that was a really an easy one to fill out, but also something that can make a big difference in some of the scenes in your book. This one we talked about already, first memories. So it's like, what is something that is um, early that came up on their life that they, they can't forget? Um, one of the earliest memories they have and why was that significant? And also what were instances where they felt unsafe? And as a child, can that be redone later on can it be incorporated into their exciting incident so all of those things together hello katie cars and trucks um and then the next few sheets there's a few more and if anyone that's just joining this is all part of the character mindset planner that is live on my website right now so then character meets plot this one was also initially from the happy story bible but it kind of evolved a little bit and especially if you guys followed the live last one um, yesterday, some a character's goals, and I mentioned this in relation to Spider-Man and his relationship with Uncle Ben and how that changed his goals after getting superpowers, because 
when he first gets superpowers, his initial goal, and I mentioned this yesterday for anyone that's here yesterday and today, um, he got his superpowers and decided to use it to earn money so he could buy a car to impress a girl. So that was his initial goal in Act 1, in the beginning of the story, before the inciting incident. After Uncle Ben dies, he decides that he has to prevent other people from dying from crime. So that's a huge shift. So characters' goals can change throughout your story. So that's what this goes into. This one we also touched on. This one I couldn't make just one page, so it's a two-pager. So it is inner discovery, and that goes into your character's mindset a lot and their traits and how they got those traits and how they relate to their family. So someone could be very um, academically driven because they came from a poorer background and the only way they can go to school is if they get a scholarship. So like it kind of uncovers, you know, here's the trait. How did it start? What are they trying to get out of it? What are they trying to avoid or what are they trying to gain? So that goes into that over two pages. Almost done here. This one we talked about with Harry Potter and Voldemort, the opposing characters chart, and then also the fork in the road. So that just is, you know, what happens if they engage in the plot and what happens if they don't. If it takes a totally different direction, how would your character react? How would the plot of your world develop? And then the rest are free bonus sheets. So I'm glad you guys asked about this because this is um, kind of like extra bonuses that don't exactly fit into the mindset idea, but are great ways to like start thinking about your character. So obviously there's a free bonus of the live plan with me that will be done in the secret Facebook group. So I'll be sharing a bit about that and anyone that purchases the character mindset planner will get an email to join the Facebook group. So these are just a few bonus sheets and that is some journaling prompts. So just 10 extra questions that you can ask and fill out in a journal that don't necessarily need a chart, but are just fun um, ways to explore other things about your characters. So one of them, like one of the questions here is what is the five most significant relationships, either platonic or, or um, romantic for your character. So five people that influence them the most. Thank you guys for all the hearts. I really love when you guys send hearts. And then the last two are just trackers. So it is the quick glance character tracker because if you guys know when you're writing books and then you just can't remember somebody's eye color or like how long is their hair, little details like that. I like to keep track here. So it just says the name of the character, then a descriptor. So I like to put like blue hair and then colon chapter seven or you know something like that that says where I referenced that they have blue hair so that I can go back and reread that description if I want without having to look through your document for like 10 minutes and waste time. So this is just an easy way to keep track of those things. And then just a family relationship tracker. So it's just um, who is the family member and a summary of how they interact with each other. So that is all... <sighs> lost my voice there. That was a long marathon I'm talking. That was all 19, I think it's 19 or 20 pages of the Character Mindset Planner, a brief overview of all the different worksheets and how they can help you. You can find out more information on my website. So it's just RebeccaKSampson.com. So my username then .com. And you can click on Character Mindset Planner. There's a link on the homepage or you can click on it from my bio. And of course you'll get 10% off. That's through the rest of this week. You can use that coupon, IG Friends, and get 10% off. Oh, 
I have lost my voice. I am tired, but this was so much fun. I really enjoyed getting into all of the nitty gritty. Oh, you're so sweet, Katie. Thank you for creating such a wonderful writing resource. That makes me really happy. Do you guys hear that? I have to go. That is my son banging on the wall. He definitely did not sleep. So I have to let you guys go. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And I will see you very soon. If you have any further questions, make sure to send me a DM or you can also click the email button and send me an email. And I'll be happy to talk with you guys more about these topics. Thank you so much. I loved nerding out about Harry Potter with you. And let me go get my son. I have no idea what he's doing. Bye guys. You showed up today for your success. Congratulations, world creator. To get the most out of HWN, join the newsletter. As a thank you, you receive for free the chapter planner and scene planner that I use for my own novels. Sign up for your free gift at rebeccaksampson.com slash join. It will be linked in the show notes. If what you heard today helped you and you think it will help your other writerly friends, please share this episode on social media. Take a screenshot right now. Tag me on Instagram. Instagram and Twitter. My username is at Rebecca K. Sampson. As you know, reviews help authors and there is no difference here. Leave a review on your favorite podcast app to help spread the word. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me. I sincerely appreciate your time.